Hi, I'm Bronwyn Clark. Hi, I'm Bruce McAvaney. Hi, I'm Jenny Williams. Hi, I'm Tom Wren. Hi, this is Wendy Schaefer. Hi, it's Keith Bradshaw. And I'm Ben Hook. In conjunction with Sport SA and the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation, this is Hooked on Sport. Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hooked on Sport. This is episode 33, and Australian rules football is on the agenda today, and specifically Aussie rules played by a young woman who grew up nowhere near Australia. Anna Barisic was born in Croatia and had a very difficult childhood before growing up in what we would term a foster home. Her sporting passion was football, or soccer as we sometimes call it. So how did she emerge from her childhood as such a fine young person? How did she find footy? And how does she make her way to Australia with a dream of playing for a league club? Well, it's all in the remarkable story of Anna Barisic. She joins me next. Hi, this is Jake Parkinson. I'm the CEO of Sample, and you're listening to Hooked on Sport. Anna Barisic, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. The first thing we're going to do, I'm going to get you to press play on uh, the little iPad in front of you, which has the vision of your first ever goal for Norwood. Crozes to girl goes inside 50, coast to coast footy there from the red legs, but the play on attempted shot on goal was probably not ideal. A free kick's going to come kick. back. Now, I reckon it was Barasic, <laughs> sorry, Barisic, and a Barisic, the Croatian got recruit, your name wrong twice. and I think the <laughs> whistle has been blown, and the ball's going to come back and she's going to have a second crack at it. Very interesting that, she did play on, it was probably a mistake, so close to goal. She's, the angle's been, the umpire's been kind to her, she's improved the angle. Should kick this, head over the ball. She was the best player in Croatia, that's why Norwood picked her up. Yep, they went on a cultural exchange in 2018, and Barisic's got the first goal of the contest. That is a major to the red legs, and they get first blood on the board. Three and a half minutes gone in the first term, and it is Norwood one straight six, North Adelaide yet to score. So there you are, Anna. What, um, what are your thoughts looking back on that? What, what, what did that mean to you, that moment? Well, it was a, uh, at that moment, I was just thinking I shouldn't have played on. <laughs> and if I didn't, it would have been a very good goal because I opened up the space and I actually had a defensive role on that girl, but I got out away from her. So I wish I did it right because this way, the people will not remember me by my goal, but my, my playing on, which is a, a very wrong decision. <laughs> I just thought like... She was further away, but by the time I got the ball and turned around, she was already on me, so I kind of missed it. <laughs> but you took, you got the free kick, Yes. took the set shot, and it went through. Yep. What was the emotion like when you had that goal against well, your I name? I was very happy. I was very happy because I didn't even know how I was going to play in the forwards. Then got a bit excited and then also a bit worried because I'm not a very uh, forward player. Yes, so I was like, oh, it's going to happen. But then I got a shot. I was like, oh, my God. And I pressed, practiced with Ben Seekamp, yes. with, who I'm, uh, with who I'm staying. And I, we were practicing set shot. And I was just remembering remember when he told me, don't look at the post. Just look at some other point over there and kick it. And I kicked it. I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> and your teammates were celebrating just as much yeah, as you were. Yeah, they're very happy. Yeah. What, what was that like, having your teammates celebrate with you like that? That looked like a, a really special moment. Well, it was, yeah. I came all this way over and I almost went home in May. And it was already like, oh, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to play. Uh, I'm going to go home. It's not going to be how I planned. And then I got a call from James saying it, it's going on. The competition is on. And then I scored a goal and it was really good because usually I play in the back line. Mm. So I was like, okay. <laughs> 
It's a remarkable story. Um, you did come over here to start this year. You got picked for round five, and of course, round five coincided with the shutdown. How close were you to going home? Well, I actually packed, and um, with the help of uh, James and David and other people uh, as well from Norwood Club, they kind of decided to give me another chance and um, try to find a job and stay, which, which I did. And of course, uh, seeking family. Uh, decided to help me as well so yeah I've been pretty lucky here in Australia people are really (laughs) looking after me so it is like I said I wanted to do it I wanted like kind of dreamed ever since Melbourne about playing in Australia so I'm very happy and lucky that no one ever got to see me otherwise I don't know how I would be recognized all that way over in Croatia it is quite incredible we're going to talk about uh, your time in Croatia tell us what you're doing work-wise now I'm working in a bakery here oh, across yeah. the street. In Early York. starts? Uh, not really at the moment, but I'm just um, trying to learn the job because I never worked in a bakery before. So, And I don't know Australian pies either. <laughs> <laughs> That's been <laughs> interesting. Uh, have you eaten a meat pie yet? Uh, I did, yes. And how did you go with it? It, it, was, it was different. Yeah. Uh, but I liked it, yep. Um, have you heard of a pie floater? Yes, I actually made one. Have you, but you haven't <laughs> eaten one of those no, yet? No, no, no. That takes a lot of courage. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a lot of alcohol as well. <laughs> Tell me, and I think most people know the story, Norwood went on a trip to Croatia and stumbled across you in Zagreb. Tell us a bit about the first time you met the people from Norwood Football Club. Well, to be honest, it was really fun. And uh, luckily, the people were on a holiday so they were even like more relaxed than they maybe would have been if I met them here and I really clicked with the team and with the coach at the time Steve and also with uh, people from the board like Paul, James, Rick Neagle, all the people that came over. I just felt really happy they straight away told me look you know we would like you to come but at the time, I was finishing my second year of university, so I wanted to finish that first. And I can't believe that they actually waited for me to still, like, come. Because, of course, in two years' time, the, the level from Sandful went up, and I didn't really go up much back at home, skills-wise. So I've been really lucky and, uh, I guess, blessed also by everything that happened and um, by their efforts to actually make this happen for me. So, What was your first experience of Australian football? Uh, well, it was back in 2015. They had a um, kind of... They wanted to uh, establish a men's club in uh, a town near Zagreb called Verica Gorica because a lot, a lot of people worked in Zagreb and they, a lot of people travelled to Zagreb. So they wanted to make their own club. They went to the high schools that we had and um, they were showing us the skills, they let us play. So they did remember me from then, they asked me if you want to come and play, but at the time I played soccer, so Mm. I said, no, I'm not interested, I have my sport. It was my first love, so I was like, you don't really give up on that. And then in the meantime, I I stopped playing soccer and one of the, the girls sent me a message and she's like, oh, we need to take a picture for the newspaper, we don't have enough players, can you just come come and like take a pic with us and I was like of course like I, I live nearby it's not a problem so I came 
and I was about to leave and she's like, oh, would you like to stay for a training? Like you're very like athletic, you like sport, you like the ball. And I was like, oh, th that's a weird ball. Like I don't understand <laughs> the rules of this game. And I was like, okay, sure, I'm, I'm going to stay for one training. And at the end of the training, I just asked the coach, when is the next training? And I never missed the one training again. So that is true. I did read this somewhere that your first experience of football was to be in a team photo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that led you to one training and, uh, and here you are now. When did you decide that you wanted to play Australian football professionally? I actually never thought I was going to play any sport professionally. I mean, I, lo I love sport and I was good in soccer and I also trained taekwondo, but I just never felt like I could be professional at it. You know, I just like doing things uh, for the sake of like that sport. I didn't do extra. I never went to gym before. All these things that you need to do if you want to improve yourself. And then when I went to Melbourne uh, for the International Cup. This is playing for Croatia? No, uh, we played for this uh, mixed team called European Crusaders. Right. So if your national team is not representing your country, then they made this kind of chance for the rest of the people from other countries who want to play, who are good at it, to make a team. So it was more like fun because mm. we, n we never met. Yeah. We never met the coach. We never met each other. It was like <laughs> 12 Frenchies, uh, two Australians, me a few other girls and we just met there and it was just incredible like the to see what it is because back at home it was mostly about fun you know a beer after the training sure. just a bit of hangout time and when I came to Melbourne I was just like amazed by how people live for this sport mm. like I knew it was a national sport but I didn't really feel like it would be like that until I came there and I was like wow and a few of the people came to me after the game and they were like, wow, you have some potential. Like, of course, you have to work a lot. But like, I see you love you love this sport. Like, would you ever consider coming and playing to Australia? And I was like, wow, I don't know. And when I came back, I was like instantly trying to search for any university or any chance to go back straight away. Ever since then, I really wanted to do it. So when Norwood announced that they were going to come, I really wanted to join their training camp and I asked them and of course they let me and yeah, now I'm here. <laughs> Let's take a short break to hear from John Mannion at the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation. It's brilliant that we're starting to return to sport, to return to physical activity and to be part of a team again. Both wonderful things that will have a positive impact upon our mental health. But for some of us, the time out of sport may have been a challenge, and so returning to the sporting group might be difficult for us. Therefore, we think it's really great if we look out for each other. And one way to do this is to know the five signs of mental distress that can help ourselves, our family, and our friends. So why not look out for things like, is somebody not feeling themselves? Have they started to become withdrawn? Maybe they're showing some signs of agitation. They could be starting to neglect themselves or having conversations with you where they're expressing their feel sense of hopelessness. If this is the case, it's important to reach out and to put your hand up. Take the time to connect with your families and friends. Give yourself permission to relax and to recharge. Remember, it's normal to feel stressed, sad and confused, and talking to a trusted family or friend can really help you. Remain calm and try to keep a routine as normal as possible. Look after yourselves and your loved ones 
And remember, we're all in this together. And now back to the show. Uh, I was wanting to ask you about university. My, my understanding is you've done some study in the United States. Tell me a bit about what you've studied. No? No. I made no. that up? Yeah, you did. Um, no, I, I'm studying here now at the moment as well. I'm doing business course. Right. Yeah. And what were you studying in Zagreb? I finished horticulture. Horticulture? Bachelor, yes, bachelor's degree. You yeah. could get a job mowing the oval out here. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> do you miss home? I do miss home. I do mostly miss like my time over there, which probably would have happened even there anyway because of the COVID thing. Yeah. I just miss like hanging out with people a lot, which I did at, back at home. But I kind of, I've, I'm kind of like growing here as a person because this is very challenging like to, to be here and it is a great experience for me. And I'm very young, so it's going to definitely help me like boost myself in every way, not just athletic way and as a footballer, but also as a person, which I'm really grateful for. I just kind of don't like the timing <laughs> <laughs> that I chose to do this adventure. But yeah, yeah, well, it's unfortunate, isn't it? But hopefully uh, more of it's behind us than in front of us. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like that also give, gave me a chance like to meet a lot of people because mm. I'm staying with good people like Seekamp family, Klavish family. And I also stayed uh, in Glenelg for a month and I was at the beach. So I feel like I've been pretty fortunate actually in this unfortunate situation for everybody else. So it's really not bad. It's, it's really good actually. And I feel, I feel like this is going to take me somewhere. Tell me about uh, what life would normally be like for you in Croatia. Oh, well. I've really had my day packed with all the activities and... Um, you, you said you did taekwondo? Yeah, that was when I was younger, before I did my knee. When I was very young, I started like packing my day with activities. So at that time, I was, I was training both soccer and taekwondo. And then I was doing all these like, drama sections, all these things. So I would be out from home at 6, in the cl- uh, six o'clock in the morning back at like, like 11 or midnight and it was basically most of the things that I did were about hanging out with people because I'm very social as a person and that is the 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 big part that I do miss but my family knows that I'm that I wanted this and they support me doing this so I'm very actually fortunate that I I live the way that I do because this way I can live my dream otherwise I feel like Maybe it would slow me down. <laughs> Tell me a bit about your family. Well, I have uh, four brothers and a sister. I'm the oldest one, but we're not actually that far, far, far away with age. Only like one, two, three, four years apart. So we uh, kind of have each, each, each person has their own life, which is very weird thing to say back at home because... Back at home, people live with their family until they're like 30. Right. But each of my brothers has their own apartment, their own job. I, live, I lived in a student dorm at the time. So when I get back, I'm going to probably do the same as them. So I, we like hanging out, mostly playing FIFA on PlayStation uh, for the weekend. But apart from that, we live separate lives. So that's also been made it easier for me that we didn't, 
that we went as close because otherwise I would probably be homesick every day. <laughs> yeah. My understanding is, and I've only read uh, little bits about it, there was a, a woman in your life, Marika, who was... Maritza, yes. Maritza. Yeah. Just tell me a bit about your relationship with her because I think she was a great inspiration to you to try and achieve as much as you possibly could. Yeah, so uh, the reason why we live separately is because we uh, grow up, grew up in SOS Childrenhood Village in Croatia. At that time... My SOS mother, which I don't call like that, I call her mom, mm. uh, she took care of us. She took care of me and my one of my brothers. I was very close to her. Like uh, She was a bit older because she started working when she was 30. But at the time she had me, she was like already 45. So she was a bit older than my mom would be at the time when I met her. And I came to her home when, she was, when I was nine. And she was just great. I can't like I could never explain it to anybody but I just I just loved her and she let me be myself. She never she never pressured me to talk to her and I actually never shared problems with her but in a way I knew that I could mm. but I decided to deal with it myself and just that freedom of having someone there around you but not pressuring you. I feel like that was really a great experience for me and it made me the person that I am today, the person who's dealing with things on her own and I feel like that's really helpful for the rest of my life but also in this situation uh, where I'm now with COVID and everything, I don't really, I don't feel alone and that's good and because of that way that I grew up when I was younger, I feel like that led me to be more social and it kind of made me free in a way. What would she uh, say now, knowing that here you are in Australia, kicking goals for a league football team? Oh, she she keeps uh, she keeps posting comments on my photos, <laughs> uh, and um, she's she's very happy. She's like, she commented on one of my posts. She was like, uh, "Look at you! Like, look at you now in Australia." I can't believe you've uh, like. Can you believe how far you've made you've made it? Because it is it is a bit stressful uh, for the kids and young people who grow up in that kind of um, environment. If they don't find the strength, in if they don't find that person, like I find my Maritza, then it's it's hard for for them to to see the good in people, to mm. see the good in the world and to actually believe that they can achieve something or anything, literally anything like me. <laughs> so on that basis, what do you believe you can achieve from here? Well, I feel like people here want me to grow as a player. I don't know how and that was the thing. The biggest the biggest reason why I wanted to come to Australia and play I really wanted to see what I can be with all the support, with the right coaches, with uh, you know the right kind of training, the right level. And I just wanted to see, oh, well, imagine if you ever played in AFLW, how good would that be? I mean, I've been in sport ever since I was a small kid and... I never dreamed I would ever try and pursue some something like that professionally. My brothers were always, oh, I want to be like Cristiano Ronaldo. I want to <laughs> be like Messi. And I was like, 
you know, I like Messi, I like Cristiano Ronaldo, I so- like soccer, I like every sport that I see, and I want to try every sport that I see. And hopefully I get to try some of the Australian sports as well. I just fell in love with footy, and I said to myself, let's just go, let's just see where you can end up and how how good you can be. Can you be the best like you were in Croatia? Is it going to be tough? Can you even achieve that, knowing how great the girls here are? In any way, just let's see what you can do. And that's always been with me. I like to take the challenge. I even went, I, I even became a, a diver. I was diving at 50 meters, even though I'm scared of splashing, <laughs> getting splashed with water in my face. So I just say to myself, when there's a chance, I just take it and say, let's see how good you can be at this. And that's what actually is my motto in life and I like doing it and it is kind of my soul part. Just take every challenge on and do it the best you can. Always try to be better than you were yesterday. Anna, it's an amazing story. We're so thrilled that uh, you had a small window of success for everything you've uh, gone through to get this far. Congratulations and thanks for joining us. Hi, I'm Bruce McAvaney and you're listening to Hooked on Sport. This podcast has taken me to some unusual corners of the Australian sports scene, but Anna Barisic's story is definitely in my top couple of episodes. I hope you enjoyed it too. So that's the set shot goal on episode number 33. As usual, our gratitude to Sport SA and the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation with support from Business SA and SA Health. Hooked on Sport is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pick your favourite social media outlet and shoot us a message and say good day. Thanks to Ben Watson, who wrote and recorded the musical intro to Hooked on Sport and to the show's producers, Wallace Long and Desiree McMahon. Thanks very much for tuning in. We'll see you soon at Hooked on Sport. Thank <laughs> you.